You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. just here walking around we're gonna go set a tree stand don't worry my dad's weird he never shot a huge buck i just shot a freaking big buck get that one. Oh, you hit him go get that one henry right here All right, welcome to another little episode of Michigan Wild. This is kind of a new thing, and I have uh, Drew Hassel back on. And <laughs> did I say your last name wrong? Hassler. I said Hassler. You're Hassler. not a Hassler. You're a Hassler. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'd be surprised how many times I've been called Hasselback, though. Yeah, I like that. There yeah. you go. But uh, no, we're going to try to do this. We've had a week of deer season in the books. I guess if you count today. It would be eight days, but this is Monday night, and I would like to just kind of get in touch with buddies throughout the season. Maybe I'll have to be a solo one every once in a while, but just kind of recap the last seven days of hunting. So, you know, I think that obviously it's not real time, but I think there's a lot of value for guys who want to listen to this and, you know, maybe learn how other people attack certain weeks. And then obviously we can kind of talk about what we're planning to do this upcoming week because I know I'm hoping to get out a few times. And so are you. So, no, I yep. just, yeah, thanks for hopping on and doing this with me. And uh, unfortunately yep. for me, I have a pretty good story to talk about because I had an epic fail on Thursday, the 5th. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just quick kind of start with you, Drew. And uh, how many times did you were you able to get out hunting this week? And 
kind of like kind of maybe go through a little bit on you know if you have some highs let's hit some highs and some mm-hmm. lows maybe and then we can kind of yep. get into my my eventful week yeah for sure so i uh i've only been out three times uh but you know like yourself try to have the most proficient sits when you hit the woods um the season kind of started off a little rocky i wouldn't say a little rocky i mean i'm obviously happy for any successful hunter so um you know the the wide eight i was after the target buck i was after i have probably hundreds of pictures of them and you know had one and the food plots pretty regular but uh the neighbor ended up shooting them opening evening so uh my focus kind of transitioned to other things i know i mentioned public a little bit and haven't haven't made it out there yet uh but we had a few good surprising sits the first couple days of season um yeah because i remember when you shared that you that deer was shot you i was like so does that mean are you just going to kind of not go hunt the the lease anymore are you going to go hit public and you're like no man you never know we always have sometimes bucks will show up yeah so you're still very opportunistic and you know obviously you're you were happy for the kid and i mean he was mm-hmm. you say he's like 17 years old yeah i think he's, he's like six, 16 or 17 he shot mm-hmm. with a compound i mean just awesome we're talking awesome. i mean it was a solid eight like yeah. 100 probably 130 high 138 so yeah solid um, big body um, so yeah more than more than happy for him you know we we kind of go back and forth on between us and our neighbors and on, on who shoots the big one in the in the area so but you're still um, opportunistic though, because I never saying, "Hey, are you yeah. like gonna kind of like are you gonna scrap?" You're like, no, I'm still planning on going at getting after it because yeah. stuff can show up. So yeah, because we did have, uh, you know, we had quite a few bucks that showed up in velvet as they always mm-hmm. do. They kind of they come through in the summer, um, and I was still holding out to see one of them. I mean, when when they went through, I mean they went through like late August, a lot of them. I get them for a couple of weeks in August and then they kind of just disappeared from there. Um, but like you said, there's, you never know what's going to show up. It's a good transitional area. So they, they obviously come from bedding, going to food. That's when we pick up a lot of them on the cameras. But, uh, I think it was the second hunt I was out, I was sitting on the food plot and, uh, a surprise buck showed up. So a buck I don't have a single picture of, I know how you, eluded my cameras but um uh he ended up banging up at 40 yards and and didn't quite make it in the food plot actually had a raccoon at the base of the tree and, and per usual mature doe sitting in the food plot and she didn't like something and he sat and watched that food plot for a good hour and turned himself around and slowly walked off but and that uh, was that was october 2nd or your second that month? was october 4th or 5th my uh that was my second hunt. Gotcha. You're saying, first, so you first did time. you hunt opening night? No, I uh, I sat the third. Okay. I sat the third and the fourth, and then I, uh, I think it was two days ago. I went back out. So, okay. So the four. So that would have been Wednesday night. You saw correct potential shooter. So what made you not want to go opening night? Uh, well, the wind was it wasn't set up right. Um. I don't really because I know you're really patient like you don't just have opening night you're like you're strategic and Mm -hmm. you kind of know you have a game plan I guess for what you're waiting for and especially with that buck the buck I was after um he was only entering the food plot 
on a southwest wind. For some reason, he was entering it like kind of quartering away from the wind with the wind at his back, which which sometimes happens. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know what Mature Bucks are going to do. That's but, my story. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it didn't set up right. It was hot. Pressure was low. I did nothing. Nothing really told me I needed to be out. Um, so I figured I'd lay off of it and you know hit it when the time was right because that would be the the one time I'd be able to kill that deer is not bug them out any by put more more scent in there than I need to and mm-hmm. kind of waiting for them. Um, so I decided to not hunt and you know hindsight's twenty twenty. He has to basically where the neighbor shot him. He had to have walked through the neighbors before the, he even made it to our side. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have seen him anyways. Yep. So you you didn't stink the area up. You didn't go in there. I mean, you no. could have went in there and not seen him anyways. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like the deer walked by your plot and you got shot by the neighbor. It was the other way around. So you still right. low it, impact. You know, you're not yeah. going in there making disturbance unless you feel like it's the right the right move. Absolutely. So. It, it, you know, that's a a big thing. I like to stress is is low impact. I there's three stands that I haven't even hunted yet just because they're they're closer to bedding or you know closer to their heavy traveled routes um and if you catch you know any swirling winds you could you could swirl the wind in the in the bedding area or you know just even make a noise in there try to you know stick to evenings stay away from the morning hunts especially yep. in those areas so so um, Lynn, let's fast forward to your Wednesday, which would have been your or, uh-huh. sorry, your first hunt was Wednesday or Tuesday? First hunt was Tuesday. So what was the kind of what what made you think that this is the night that I need to slip in here? You obviously knew that your number one buck year after was already shot. Mm-hmm. So you were what made you did you do more of like a low impact, sit back, kind of you know, scour, or did you kind of go right to a food plot or what was your kind of mindset going into Tuesday night? Uh, my mindset was going into into food. So I don't know if you follow um, any of the Drury Outdoor stuff, but you know we're in technically in the period of, of greener pastures. So they're hitting. Yeah, you got deer. It's on my up. phone yep. right now. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> always have that up. Yep, I'm um, been scrolling through all night. <laughs> so uh, you know they're as you can probably see in your area that the the beans are drying up. Farmers are starting to harvest them. They're no longer necessarily hitting those big bean fields they don't have any good green leafy mass so they're transitioning to the greener you know food sources and a lot of that tames to your food plots and things like that so uh-huh. um these deer were pretty regular in our food plot like especially that that wide eight he was you know almost every night in there so uh my thought being that and i don't know how you know how quickly this transition happens but um there's always a dominance factor so to some of those older bucks um and they push a lot of bigger other bigger deer out of the area at least yep. from what i've seen um so my thought was he's now dead something's probably going to move into his place or you know kind of sitting mm-hmm. on the edge of his, his core area and, and wanting to push in and you know assert themselves um so that was my thought it was you know this food uh, this food plot's kind of set up closer to the road and uh it's pretty easy access so it's it's not necessarily a high pressure hunt i can sit there and i can observe i you know it sits on the edge of a 80 acre tall grass field so um i can i can kind of watch and don't have to necessarily dive in too deep 
Yeah, um, it's a very safe set. A, but correct. also could be produced something that you need. And if you play the win, and if you play the win right, which is is how this set up, I waited for the ideal win, which is like a south southwest wind. Um, if you play it right, your wind dumps basically into a drainage and out to the road. So perfect. Um, I there's very few times your deer actually comes behind me. Um, so that check. So like no, you kind of probably no. look through it like it checks the box for a couple of things for you. Like right. to go early season, you have the food plot is doing good, and that whole mm -hmm. once the beans dry up, they definitely do transition because I've got trail cameras on a bunch of you know scrapes and food plots and all those kind of things, and there was a pretty hard change. You know, all of a sudden I was like, I've had the cameras were dead on the food plots for a long time, and all of a sudden like a switch went off and buck mm -hmm. started hitting them. So, and yeah. then, so that's one thing. And then your wind was another thing and access. So you already got like a, some good things lining up for you. That, and that's where, you know, yeah. for anyone who's new to hunting or like trying to figure out how to hunt early season, like those are super important things to do. And if you can capitalize on early season, because you go into a spot that mm -hmm. I'm, I don't, maybe this is wrong for you, but like where I've had success in early October, those spots usually are not good late October, November, Correct. like. I don't even hunt anywhere yeah. near that. So you kind of mm -hmm. have to look at your property differently and, you know, maybe find a separate properties or not. So, so what did you end up seeing then uh, on that first set? Did you see anything good or well, was it slow or what I did? Kind of did I you did. See? And I'd also, I'd also like to mention that, uh, you know, this was right after a pretty heavy rain and, and that, that big front moved in. So, you know, for those that are listening or people that live in Michigan, they know it, it was once 80 degrees <laughs> mm -hmm. and now it's, now it's, almost winter i mean i think i saw yeah. 37 on the truck this morning so uh yeah that front had just pushed in and we got uh an inch or so of rain and it probably pretty much rained all day so i sat and waited till it stopped raining and it happened to be the time i got out of work so everything kind of just lined up i have had really good sits in there sitting in the rain waiting for it to stop going out in the rain um and uh everything kind of lined up so as far as what I saw, uh, movement was good. I mean, from the minute I got out there, about three, three thirty, um, deer were on their feet, had a couple does onto the food plot right away, uh, and you can kind of see like a corner of the neighbor's food plot from that stand too. So uh, there's a few deer out there, but they just seem to be on their feet. They seem to be, uh, you know, transitioning back and forth quite a bit um in the little bucks too i don't know i don't know if uh if your sets have been the same way but there's been a lot of small buck movement they've kind of been starting yeah. to push a little bit now yeah. i you know obviously towards my the last setup i was i was out but uh they're definitely kind of starting to you know, maybe make some sign yep. uh, kind of push those around stuff like that so um now i did see a deer like I mentioned before, a deer that I haven't seen on camera before. Um, you know, his face, his neck, everything told me he was a shooter. But <laughs> you know, when you, it you kind of it kind of just throws you off when you don't see a deer. You know, especially early like, early season. You're who like, who the heck is that? Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I I expect this in the rut. I expect you know a buck to run in and maybe just get yeah. a glimpse at him. But uh, no, I I probably watched him for a couple hours. So he came nice. out in the tall grass and got a good glimpse at him and I, I you know if if you walked out into the food plot and actually showed me a little bit more of his body i probably would have had, uh 
been flinging an arrow, but nice. He never made it there, but it's good to see. Nonetheless, doing big buck stuff. You know, he is probably just yep. scoping it out, just watching from a distance. He's not just yeah, it, go it's, flying it's, in there for no for no reason. Exactly, and that's uh, that's you know, that's kind of a good telltale sign for a mature buck is is how methodical they are with how mm-hmm. they move. If you if you get a good opportunity to actually watch them and watch how they enter a food plot or, you know, even just how they move through more dense areas, like that tall grass is probably above his head. So you can, you just see his rack at first. And, um, he came out and he, like I said, I watched him for two hours. And when he came out, he was probably only a hundred yards away. So it took him two hours to move, to move Jeez. 50, 60 yards in that tall grass. Mm-hmm. That's all he did. He just, he got up, he'd look, watch around. He'd, you know, make 10 yard bound and then look around again. And that doe ended up popping off that doe <laughs> blew at that raccoon <laughs> underneath my tree. And uh, <laughs> she only blew twice, but that was enough for that she buggered out of there. And he sat there and he just watched that food plot ears yep. forward, just watched the, watched the food plot for a good half hour and then just slowly made his way out of there. So and that's just, good though. I mean, that's a bonus that he worked yeah, himself away. He it's wasn't. Like... Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it comes to a point too, which, you know, is another, you know, to me, a telltale sign of a mature buck. I don't think they get as boogered out by those does blowing because they know, you know, every smart guy knows mm-hmm. a double, a mature doe will blow at anything. Yep. So, um, I think they're, they almost think the same thing. Yeah. They don't want to just start just, running because they, they're vulnerable. No. If they just like start running somewhere. They, they can get themselves in a bad position. They're always, right. I'm trying to, if all the bucks that I have, especially recently messed up or they smelled me or anything like that, I've never had one blow at me. They just kind of like mm-hmm. turn around and they just like, if anything, they'll trot off and they do not put their tail even up, you know, like they right. just kind of slither away. Um, and yeah, so I think you're probably all those things that you're thinking is probably definitely could be right up in there. That mature deer you're going mm-hmm. after for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I haven't a chance to hunt that spot again. Uh, so, you know, half of me makes me think he was probably pretty close to his bed. I mean, mm-hmm. cause this was obviously he got up fairly early. So whether he's just bedding out there in the afternoon or, or whatnot, but you know, like a lot of people know bucks, those big bucks don't venture very far from their bed necessarily. So no. And that's a um, good thing. If you have that, if you have him in that area and he's safe and feels good, he should hang out there for a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously I don't, have you had a picture of him on camera since or still have not? I still seen have him? not. I still have not. So I, uh, I was hoping to, I was thinking, you know, maybe middle of the night that night he would have made it to the food plot. But like I said, we're pretty close to the neighbor's food plot. Um, there's just kind of cut along our edge. So uh, he could have very well just, just made it out there. out over there. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so did you hunt again after that? Or was that your last, that was your third set or was that your second set? That was my second set. And then my third set was just an observation set. So I okay. sat, you know, farther, farther to our south line and I can overlook. Uh, it's all swamp to the south, and yep. then it's essentially our most of our property is tall grass, and then the south half is like a recessed pasture. Yep. Um, recessed pasture with an old orchard kind of in the corner. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my 
high proficiency so corner. That's the that's yeah. the corner I stay out of, but I can I can watch you can it see from it. like uh-huh. four hundred yards away. I can I can watch this corner and it was a good sit. Uh I think that, that cold air is just had just blown in that, that wind switched to the north and it yep. pushed pushed uh pushed a lot of cold air in, which ended up being really good for the duck hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna talk. say I need you to kind of <laughs> kind of touch base on that because you got some duck hunting in too. Yeah, so absolutely. That was your last your last sit was the observation set. You saw some good movement. Did you see anything yep. that you were gonna take advantage of this but week that you saw? Up. Or no, I I mean I saw four small bucks, um, but quite a few does. I mean they were moving, and that's that. That was the time the small bucks really started pushing around the does. There's a mm-hmm. a little six point that was just dogging the doe. Yep. I mean I've running up and down, thing. and yep. So they're getting into it and, and lots of sparring. I mean, any mm-hmm. of those small bucks were, were fighting each other and whatnot. So that was a majority of the morning. That was a morning sit, but I knew being an observation sit, it was a, it was a safe play. So yep, yeah. I think I've had all my scrapes for the past like five days have been taken over by year and a half old bucks. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's discouraging a little bit. Thing weird. In, yeah. In it's Illinois weird, too. I mean, yeah, same thing down there. Our, got little our bucks cameras down in over. Illinois. Yep, they've been uh, they've been hitting our scrapes just about every day. So, yep, they've been hitting them. Um, same thing, and like you said, multiple pictures of little bucks. You know, pushing on, you know, doing that. I have seen it. Um, I saw. Yeah, I can get into it, but we've seen little bucks bumping does, and then I. I think it was Friday morning. Yeah. Friday morning when I got to work, Mm -hmm. I uh, can, you know, there's this nice big open field that butts up to some uh, oak trees. And I could, I think I counted six different bucks. Uh, I think I would guess two or two year old eight points. uh, Then the rest were year and a half old spikes or four points, but the two eight pointers, man, them things, they pushed each other around for probably 10 minutes, you know, nothing Mm -hmm. super aggressive, but they were just feeling themselves out. And then, as soon as the one finally gave up, I went right to the doe that he was right by and just started, you know, lip curling yep. and all that. I'm like, dude, there's no way that that she's ready. You're just all fired up. Yeah. So, and I feel like I've seen it, that in October, but I don't, not too often. Other than last year, and I saw those two big bucks fight. That was, but that was more of a like, I'm pissed you're in my area. They fought and he ran that deer off. And then he kind of hung out mm-hmm. for like two weeks in that area. And I never, I never saw the other buck again, actually, that fall. So this, their little bucks aren't really doing that. You know, they're just kind of being weird. And that's usually I see that like third week of October, like the 20th of October, I kind of see little bucks doing that. And then you always, you know, so it's kind of weird. I think there's just the strictly the weather just got them, you know, that hard switch. Yeah. really got them going. And it was a pretty major weather switch. So, but I I will say, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it just on social media, but there's been a lot of bucks, big bucks that have hit the ground. Um, yes. this is kind of the time that, that I've noticed, you know, when those, those little bucks start getting a little more aggressive toward, you know, rut action or start kind of start playing around a little bit. That's when those other bigger bucks start kind of moving in or, or, you know, kind of changing their ranges. Well, they'll, they'll start to search for other areas. Yep. I don't know if they're just taking Intel or, or what, but, um, they always seem to, to show up right around this time. Okay, so knowing what you know from past history, what's your kind of outlook going into next week? Do you have, I mean, obviously we've talked about well, DeerCast. That's an app that we use. I mean, have you been looking, do you have some days like highlighted in your head maybe that you want to try to attack or how does it look for you for the next few days, this next week, I guess? So, yeah, today, well, I mean, I don't know about you guys down there, but we have a 
you know, kind of majority north wind most of the week, mm-hmm. which doesn't play very well for my property. It would play well for an observation set, which uh, is certainly, you know, an option. But we do have a, a west wind kind of taming towards more of a southwest wind tomorrow. And I think really, quite honestly, that's my best bet for, for making it out. And uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping, you know, something might, you know, the, the cameras might tell me something a little bit in the next day. Mm-hmm. Or at least the next 20, 24 mm-hmm. hours. Um, yeah, I may wake so up and catch out. one going back into there and do yeah, that. Yeah, usually it's a couple couple hundred pictures every morning. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it certainly does tell me a lot. Um, but I like I was telling uh, you guys that buck I had, I have lots of history with, ended up showing back up. So yep. he showed up on uh, Saturday, would have been Saturday night. Um, so, and he showed up in daylight, so mm-hmm. I know he moves with a North wind, so it's kind of hard to make a play on him, but, um, I'm going to keep an eye on him. And, and I, like I said, I think Tuesday's probably my best play on him, kind of stay nice. more towards the, the outside of his range and, and hope, uh, hopefully I can just get eyes on him. I mean, Sweet, that's, so that's exciting. I mean, so, Hey, you got something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good exactly. thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Duck hunting open for you guys. How'd that go for you? Yeah, it was good. It was good. We shot 14. So nice. It's always good. You know, we're just up in central Michigan. It's not, I mean, like anybody knows in Michigan, we're not on a flyway or anything like that. So uh, it's good to always get a, a pretty good bag. So, uh, and mostly mallards too. So nice. we, we had a, a pretty good push mallards and um, the wood, wood ducks started to group up a little bit. So we we're seeing, you know, bigger, bigger packs of wood ducks, I think. You know, we shot a few groups that were 15, 20. So Ooh, that's wood ducks are starting to group up and move. So, yeah. Nice. But, so you had a good um, week. So overall, the last seven days for group has been pretty yep. eventful. Good. Yeah, very eventful. And that's, you know, that's, that's what just makes you feel good about fall, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of it's, you know, opening day in Michigan usually falls on the first couple weekends in October. And I always got to make the, the game time decision whether I want to go duck hunting or or, mm-hmm. you know to the deer woods but it was it was a pretty good pretty good break from the deer woods so that's good um, i'm always i always take advantage of getting out in the marsh and shoot some ducks yeah that's good that's good stuff i wish i had a little bit better duck opportunities here i just usually it's you know we have some good fields for goose hunting or and but this year the corn's still so much corn is up they just started taking it down last mm-hmm. week and there's been a couple good, good amount of geese flying, but like right now it's like, eh, it's one of those things where my brain's so focused on whitetails. It's hard for me to, to yeah. bail on that and go wake up early and, you know, do go set up a bunch of decoys and stuff. But you know, that could yeah. change. I mean, if I drive by one field on a sun, Sunday or Saturday morning and I see a couple hundred geese out there, I'm like, you know what? I think I should try to get them tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that does yeah. happen, but so far I haven't really and had it's that usually, yet. Yeah. That's usually, uh, this is kind of just an opening day spot too. I mean, it's, it's a mill pond, so it's, it gets shot up pretty good opening weekend. And, and after that, it's kind of fizzles out, but it, it butts right up to one of my buddy's deer hunt property. So we don't try to blow it up too much. Nice. So we we yeah. go, usually go in there opening day and, and hunt it or opening weekend. And, and then, you know, maybe like end of November when there's not, Nothing's frozen. There's a bunch of yep. that push down. We hit it again, but sweet. It's just a just a just a fun thing to do early October. Just gets the juices flowing, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it only comes around once a year. So, I mean, take mm-hmm. advantage of it and have fun. Yeah. All righty. So let's so now you. My, I know. Yeah. I was going to say you, uh, you have a story to tell. Too. I have, yep. I have a story. So I've been, this is my 20, 21st year of bow hunting and I still screw things up. So <laughs> I don't want anyone to ever <laughs> think that I have anything mastered or, you know, I hope I don't ever give that illusion to any of my friends or anything that I have, you know, I mess up way more than I, you know, make it do the right thing. And just because I have a few really nice deer on the wall doesn't mean I'm a master by any means. But I, uh, we had a really good week and I, I've kind of alluded to, you know, all my buddies and some people and like on the, on the podcast, like I have a, re- had a really good feeling about the first week of October this year, just with the way I had food plots in places. I've always wanted them. I had some really nice bucks that I had passed in years past and they were, you know, finally get that, you know, two or three year history with a deer and you're seeing the same thing as a four-year-old that they did as a three and a two-year-old. So I was really feeling really good about it. So we end up uh, opening night. I hunted opening morning, just right by my house close. I have a few spots that are just kind of like, I have a preset stand, a couple preset stands hung and they're just like, I have like two hours at night or hour at night. I can just get there from my house really quick. And those are just kind of like, I really want to go hunting. So I'm just going to go out there and try to shoot a doe kind of spots. So I did that uh, Sunday morning. And then uh, it used to be a really good spot, but I have a lot of neighbors are hunting now. Um, Just because I think, I don't know if people just found out I was seeing big deer back there. Cause like, I'm very open with neighbors. Like, you know, like, Hey, there's big deer around. We're passing little deer. So then, you know, word kind of gets out, Hey, there's this guy said, there's a huge deer over here. So now there's just a lot of hunting pressure. So Sunday morning, uh, all I heard were does blowing at the neighbor that was hunting, which I didn't know he was hunting until I heard him blowing at him consistently. Uh, so that was, that happened there. I think I saw one doe. There's a lone doe I've seen a couple of times, but she's always like out of range. I really want to shoot her for the, so the landowner can get some uh, jerky and stuff like that. I want to get him some summer sausage and do that for him. So that was, you know, every time I see a deer, I found that, you know, that's, it's a win for me. And then Sunday night, me and the family, so me, Ashley and Henry went out and hunted a blind that like what you're talking, it's an observation, like there's the hot spots and I can see them from, you know, a few hundred yards away in this blind. And the blind is a gun blind primarily, but we have had deer come by within bow range of there. So it's one of those sits where it's an observation sit, but also you never know what could happen. So it was actually really good for, I mean, I think it was like 83 degrees when we left and I opened up this blind. I I built a really big blind. It's like eight by eight and it's, you know, six feet off the ground. I opened that door and it was like a hundred degrees in that thing. So a little chaotic. Yes. A little chaotic, but you know, got everything settled in. Henry was, you know, first hunt for the year. So he, he put together a little to go bag and he, Mm -hmm. that dude loaded that bag up with stuff. He was ready to, spend all day out there and we were only out there for a few hours but got all that done but we did see a pile of does mm-hmm. and this i have two trail cameras on two food plots and i have another camera in the timber that is really that heats up so i have three trail cameras in a semi-close proximity to this area and i had those cameras were dead like i mean i was like went from seeing deer almost every day to like no deer and i was like man this is weird like this is just wrong because like you said the beans were dried up um mm-hmm. and i know there was a lot of acorns were dropping earlier but i we had some you know a lot of them fell that last few days of september so i was like man i still feel like i should be seeing deer 
So we went there and I saw, I think we saw 12 does and we saw one really nice eight point, like probably a three-year-old, maybe as a borderline, it could be a three, it could be two, but he ended up running through the corn. So I noticed like all these deer were coming out of the corn and mm-hmm. they were loud when they would do it. Like they would scare each other going through the corn. It was kind of funny. Like the does would all come out kind of running and then other deer would start running because they were going through the corn. There's there's just some reason they're already on edge, which could just be because Michigan, you know, a lot of pressure. So I saw 12 yeah, does. down um, by you. I'm sure you get, I mean, a lot more pressure than yeah, I necessarily do up here. Yeah. And we got yeah, a lot, you know, probably some bigger parcels up here. Exactly. Too, so. That's what I was just going to say. I think just, we just have, you know, there's 10 acre, five acre pieces and people hunt them. Mm-hmm. So, it was really cool because that buck came out of the corn and he had a corn stalk stuck in his antler. So it was kind of, you know, Henry liked that. And we could yeah, hear him running from like, see. yeah, we could hear him running from like 250, 300 yards away through the corn. So that was pretty funny. But he kind of came at us on an angle and we thought for a second it was going to happen. He probably got within 75 yards of us. And that was Ashley was ready because she's shot her bow and she's shooting it good. And she was like, I loved it because she was all pumped up. So that deer came out and then uh then i saw another completely opposite so the first eight pointer was probably like wide and uh short tined and i think he was a two-year-old probably now i think but yeah he was the two-year-old then a buck that i don't even know which deer this was high and tight eight point came out into one of my food plots and that was like the spot that i was like really focusing on because i've had mr crabs in that food plot multiple times throughout the summer mm-hmm. and like late in, in september velvet and hardhorn I had that deer and then another deer I called Jake and Jake's actually the deer Henry named him Jake because we have a buck named Jeff and then he's like this one's gonna be Jake I'm like okay cool so Mr. Krabs and and Jake were the two four-year-olds that I had on this property that I've had quite a bit of history with more so with Mr. Krabs but um Mm -hmm. Mr. Krabs is just a nice nice wide tall tine 10 point with like little crab claw points so he's pretty much an eight pointer you know mainframe eight with like he's probably only got like a three inch probably like a two or three inch kind of one side maybe a four or five inch on the other side but um i was really watching that and i like the camera's been dead and i have a mock scrape right there and this buck came out and i was like "Ooh, that's a nice deer i'm probably like a pope and young eight point like decent like real nice and i was like okay and he walked around for a little bit and then he you know went back into the woods never tripped my trail camera like at all and i was like how is that possible he was within 35 40 yards of that camera like i should have he should have tripped it and uh so then my head's like my gears are turning because i was like okay if that deer walked out you know an hour before dark like uh, then one of them deer have got to be coming through there because there's nowhere else right. to go the beans are dried up like they're in the area like i haven't seen them anywhere else driving around scouting so that was on sunday night and then now real quick um I know you had pretty successful food plots this year. Um, it's obviously probably more successful than years past. Or mm-hmm. um, have you noticed any, you know, better trail camera success? You know, in the in the summer with those. I know you said it was dead at the start of the season, but were they uh, pretty frequent in the summer? No, they were not. They were like they were they were more so going through the area because like I was fortunate that I could put these plots in like one was an inside corner where deer love to be already. No food. Mm -hmm. There could be like it could be a dissed up field, and the deer still hang out in this corner. Like it just sets up perfect. 
Um, but they there was does, and then the bucks were like in there, but they were not consistently in there. But see, here's the thing. I don't think I have my camera in the best spot because they could have been hammering that plot and I just didn't have my camera quite right. And I was missing, you know, not one. I mean, it's only one camera and it's a one acre plot. So, I mean, obviously it's 40 yards. It's like 40 yards wide by like 90 or whatever the math ended up being for 40 yards by whatever I made it one acre. So, I mean, I didn't think they were in there super consistently, but like every couple days, like maybe one or two days a week, I would get one of those bucks in that plot. And it was right. on south. And they may just be, yeah. And like you said, they may just be using a certain edge of it. Because I, Correct. same deal with my, with some of my food plots. They, they kind of just skirt the edges and don't yes. necessarily travel in front of the camera, but they always hit it for yep. a brief and period of time and kind of moving through. Yep. I so. think that's exactly what's happened. So I think, you know, I, 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 I never walked to the plots after I planted them. I would just drive a truck close by or, you know, see them from a distance because like I can drive through the field. So, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. So like I would just do a drive by and make sure that the the plot took off or, but the, that that plot mix it's the um, I've did you know vitalized seed in three plots and then I did a couple plots um with the um um forget grain bin from uh Packer Max or five two yeah. outdoors or whatever that Lincoln Ron's uh, stuff, and they all took off great but like all those mixes have so many different things in it. I wasn't like, I had no idea what they were eating, but like the buckwheat would pop and I was like, oh man, look at all that buckwheat. And now like when I hunted it, the buckwheat's all gone. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, I just think the deer were definitely using it. And I think when I, and, but when I hunted it, so like trail camera wise, I couldn't really tell what was going on. But the first night I hunted it, I was like, oh, these deer are coming out of the corn and they're like trotting to the food plots, you know, like they're just, cause I could see both of them. So I was like, yep, it's definitely working. So that was really nice. But the reason I didn't want to hunt that food plot was because we had a south wind, like dead calm south wind, and it's inside corner. And I can't hunt any, like I'm limited. I can hunt multiple trees, but I'm limited where I can go on that plot. So I was like really scared that they were going to come out and the thermal pull would just be pulling back down into that. It's kind of like there's water flowing, like there's water in the area. So like it's cooler and there's a little terrain there. So like, you know, your thermals at night just will go right down in there. So I was like, right. no, I can't do it. Even though South Wind would, if you, you know, see a picture of the plot from Ariel and the deer travel, you're like, oh, South Wind, you're you're perfect. But no, it wasn't strong enough. So I just kind of laid back. Well, and that's uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind for anybody that's listening. Is you know, sometimes corners like that or, or edges of the woods, they don't always, you know, even though it's the South Wind, doesn't mean your wind's always blowing a South Wind. It takes exactly a serious number of sets to try and understand which way the wind moves where you're sitting so it's always yep, good to so, keep mine and you know so like i'm always like looking look looking for the extended forecast you know trying to figure out find those days like i've just like you like the rain days that stop i try to hunt and i've shot many deer big deer seen big deer doing that so i mm-hmm. after seeing what i saw that day i was like okay i need I looked at the forecast and we had lots of south winds and I was like, okay, that's fine. But they're really calm, calm winds. And then obviously everyone could see that cold front coming through. So I kind of took a gamble because I was like, okay, them deer got to be in there. You know, the first few days of season, you know, I mean, I don't know when corn's going to start coming down, you know, that kind of stuff. But I was like, you know what? I think it's just worth waiting for that cold front. And I chose, for some reason, my gut was like Thursday night is the night. 
like I just felt better because I don't know why I saw the rain was forecasted and sometimes I have a better luck on the day after like so like Wednesday is when it blew in and I I was I didn't have any trail cam pics of anything and I don't and Wednesday I wanted to go check a camera that was on some state land so I was like this sets up perfect for me to go hunt and check camera I can work a normal day kind of a thing just leave don't leave super early and uh do that because i mean i have a little bit of flexibility but you know can't just take off every day so wednesday just made sense for me to go sneak into a state land spot and check the camera and hunt i had a good that was a good time it was kind of my first tune-up for the year for hanging hunting in the middle of nowhere kind of did that felt good everything went went really well however i one mistake i made my platform started making this weird noise like Mm. i don't know if you've ever had it but i've had my platform for like five years so I, you know, you know, you set your platform for saddle hunting and, you know, you do the, is it called toe kick or whatever? When you tighten the strap, but you push it down with it, fold it up yep. and then you fold it, it down. Yep. So you leverage it down or whatever. So I did that, but every time I'd shift my weight, it would make this weird, like little, like creak pop noise. Like, you know, just like a weird, never have had this happen with this thing. And I mean, I've hunted out of it probably hundreds of times and, uh, mm-hmm. I did not address that problem. So fast forward to Thursday, we got rained out at work, which was great because I was able to get a bunch of stuff done. And I was like, okay, sweet. We're, I'm hunting Thursday night. It's, it's looking just money, like whether it's raining, spitting, but then it looks like it's going to stop at like five o'clock ish. So Ashley has Thursdays off with her schedule. So the plan was we're going to pick Henry up from school. We're going to get everything we need. We're just going to drive right out there and she's going to sit in the blind with Henry and I'm going to go do a hanging hunt on that food plot that has just been good for me in the past and like where I've seen this deer. And at 2 a.m. Thursday morning, I had Mr. Krabs on that camera. Mr. Krabs on, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he was in the area. So I was like, yep, he's there. So like, I'm right, he's mm-hmm. in this area. So I was super confident. And for some reason, I think I just convinced myself that that stand, that platform was making a popping noise on that tree I was in. Cause it was a pretty hard tree. So I was like, Oh, maybe I just kind of got too tight or something. So I didn't do anything about it. But so Thursday night we get going and get it's, it's spitting as we're getting walking out. And I told Henry, he's like, dad, it's raining. I was like, it's going to, as soon as it stops, we're going to see deer. So I end up getting in this, this tree I've hunted out of this tree before. And it's in a really good spot because from the tree to my edge of my food plots, 40 yards, and it kind of butts up to where they come out of the cover. And I have video of this. So you can see the, when these deer pop out of this field, they're like under 40 yards. They're like, they could be 40, they could be 50, but typically they're like that 35-ish yards. They're just there. And I can't see them coming because this time of year, you can't see nothing it's so thick. And it's like, it's just like that perfect cover the guys always talk about, like grass mixed with like little shrubs and just junky trees there's nothing good that grows in this little spot you know you go 30 yards behind me or down the line there's giant oak trees and maples and all sorts of stuff but you're when you hunt over there you're just out of the game you know so i set up in this stupid little tree that's probably i mean <laughs> this big yeah it's small and i'm a big guy yeah. and i had hunted it last year and cleared it out and had some really good hunts because i was after one of the bucks i saw fighting last year but i uh I got up there and where I wanted to be, I probably was like 16 feet off the ground, but there was one branch that was going out that had leaves on it that was covering like the whole plot. And I, I knew that branch was there, 
but I was like, oh, I could probably reach that and just, you know, I always have my little mini handsaw with me. And I was like, I'll get in there, you know, five o'clock and I'll just quick zip that thing down. So I get up there, can't reach it like at all. Like I thought I was going to be able to kind of like do the old like hooked into my saddle, stand on the edge of my platform, reach out. You know, I'm a big, long armed guy, could not get it. And I gave up because Ashley texted me and just saw some does come out of the cornfield. So I'm like, son of a gun, they're already moving. Like, I mean, it was sprinkling, spitting yep. rain. And like, as soon as it, it lightened up, deer just like, boom, switch started. It's, moving. Like, a, it's like a light switch. Yeah. I mean, so, they, they love it. They do. So I was like, all right, mission aboard on that branch. I'll just go down a stick. So I took my four stick off, set it down, you know, dropped it down on the ground, went from like 16, 17 feet to like that 12, 13 foot range, set my platform, pulled my bow up, hooked it up, got, and then here come those does that she saw through the woods working right by me. Like, I mean, like I just got set up. They worked off. It was perfect. They didn't smell me. It's like, all right, sweet. We're good to go. And then it was deer nonstop. I mean, does popping out of the corn, little bucks coming out. Like everything's working great. Group of does walked by me. Cause that's like the trick in Michigan. Like we have a lot of deer. So like you have to shoot a big deer in early October. You have to fool a lot of other noses and eyes yep. before they Absolutely. come out. So it was working really good. So, but the way I had to sit, the only way I could hunt this tree was the way it was leaning. I had to shoot on my weak side of the tree. To, to my plot which i felt was fine because i was like i can just stand up upright no tension have my feet on my platform and i'm just standing there and i can just grab my bow off the hanger and just doom, shoot great camera set up great i'm trying to self-film everything because that was like been my goal for years and uh well ended up being the demise the demise <laughs> so yeah and of course when the group of does came through i had some get within like 30 yards of me i went to move and my platform popped did it again and the does were like instantly like on me so thursday it rained and as soon as the rain stopped it like the wind died like it, the front was like here died and it was dead calm but we had a south wind but it was like but it was it was kind of weird so like i was having the thermal up pull for like a really long time because like the cold air stopped and the sun came out so i was like i was dropping milkweed and it was just getting sucked out into the field still so i was like okay i'm good for like the majority of the night because i always look by the hour by hour and see when the temperature drop happens because some nights they'll happen an hour before dark you'll have like a quick drop and that's when you get that bad thermal pull this was like staying the same temperature for like three hours so like i should be good so that was one of the reasons why i want to hunt that too so let's fast forward to like 6 30 i was like okay my platform is like not being quiet like i need to do something need to do something so I decided to get down on my top of my stick, undo my platform, loosen it up, and try to not have it as tight. And I was like, you know what? The rest of the night, I'm not even going to put tension on myself. I'm just going to stand on my platform like a tree stand. And I have a little tethered, like, or whatever the Predator platform, just the regular size one. It's not giant. And I'm a big guy, but I was like, you know, I can just stand on this thing, no problem. So I do that, hop up, stand on my platform, and I'm, dude, two minutes, maybe not even. I look and here comes Mr. Krabs, poof, out of the woods at 40 yards. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was not prepared for that that early. It's yeah. 6 30 in the afternoon. You know, we have an hour and 20 minutes of light left. Yeah. And my camera's already pointed in that direction because that's like where the deer come. That's my shot. So all I did was just went boop, hit record. I already had it. Fo it's a, I had to manually do the focus and stuff in the zoom recording. I'm like, sweet, it's good. I grab my bow, I come over and like, 
I got rattled a little bit. Like I was like, he's way, first of all, he's way bigger than I thought. Like mm-hmm. I never got a good picture of him. And like, I had this deer walk underneath me as a two year old and I got a good video of him and I passed him. And then last year as a three year old, I think I seen him like three times. I grunted him in he came in 30 yards and I passed him. He went from like a one thirty barely to like, Mm-hmm. Knock on the door is a 150. I mean, you've seen the video. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's he looks. He's really got he's impressive. got a large frame. Yeah, he's yeah, got he's framey with big brow tines. Yeah, and that's mostly an eight point. Like, there's not many inches of his ninth and tenth point are not that big. So completely caught me off guard with how big he was, and I was like, oh boy, like, because I was kind of on the fence. Like he was my target, but I was like, you know what? It's gonna be a game time decision. I might pass him because he just might not be as big as I. Like I'm trying for a 150 really bad. Uh, but, uh, so we're good. I'm a little rattled, but I was like, okay, I knew he was like around 30 yards, but like to calm myself down, I always tell myself if it was over 30. Like I should range him like that. Just make sure it's good. So pull the range finder out and I hit him with a range finder at 32 yards. And dude, I could barely keep the range finder on him. Like I was like, <laughs> I was pumping and I yeah. was like, and then usually I'm not this way. Like usually I lose it after. I can call it well, leading out. up to that moment. It's like, so it was just so chaos, things dude. It's gone wrong. Yeah. Yes. Just so chaos. Like, and I'm 13 feet up. And he's at, yourself. Yeah. I'm 13 feet off the ground. And he's 30 yards away. Yeah. So hit him. It's 32. So look at my camera. He's in frame. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to zoom in just a little bit more because like he was just eating those brassic. I don't know. There's so many different seeds. I'm not sure what he was eating brassicas or turnips. I don't know what, what it was. Radishes. There's so much stuff, but mm-hmm. he's just eating it. Like he came out of the woods and like head down and started eating. So I zoomed in a little bit, which error number one should never have done that. I was perfectly fine, but just thought I needed mm-hmm. to. And go put tension on my my back or my thumb button. I'm about to start pulling back. He's 30 yards away. And as I start to do that, I look and here pops out Jake. And I was like, oh my gosh. And Jake is he's much more massive he's got he had like a split g2 last year like a mule deer and i did not hunt this spot opening few days because i was afraid he was gonna walk by and i was gonna shoot him as a three-year-old because he was like an impressive three-year-old last year right and then this year he had like double inline points on his like g3s he had doubles on both sides and he had like trash on his bases and like just big beefy deer so he walked out and i was like oh my gosh I was like, no way. Both these deer both are literally <laughs> in this plot. I'm like, am I in Iowa yeah. like right now? That's what I was like yeah, thinking. Good. I was like, so I was had calmed myself down, thought I was good. All of a sudden, I went from not kill mode to like, which deer do I shoot? So I looked at, I'm like looking at him. And like Mr. Crabs, like he walked a couple steps closer, but still clueless to I'm there. And like, I've been dropping milkweed. So like pretty much my scent was following the, the wood line down and away from these deer so they were coming with the wind it was a southwest wind they were coming with the wind cutting over their back but i think the way the terrain is they could they could work that edge and as soon as they got in that plot they could see a few hundred yards you know and i think that's you know take note of that i think a lot of like i mentioned before that deer would enter the wind quartering you know over his back i think they like to enter those open spaces with the wind at their back and you know because they could see everything in front of them so they don't need the advantage behind them Nope, and they, they're in a really thick, where they're coming from is thick, and they probably are bedding, you know, within 
the farthest they probably are from me is 200 yards. The closest is 75. So like yep. they have a really good stretch of really good cover and that doesn't include all the corn that's up. So, I mean, and it's not, we've talked about this before. It's trashy corn. Like it's weedy corn. It's not, this is a spot where it's hard to get equipment to like they just plant it because they can, but it never comes up good because it's just, it's wet and just mucky and they can't get in there as much. So it's right. like really good for deer. So I go from being rattled to composed to re-rattled and I got two four and a half year old bucks knocking on the door of, you know, they're in the one forties. We'll just say for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking at Jake and I was like, I think he broke both his inline points off because I, or at least for sure on the one side, which he broke time last year too. So I was like, and I'm just seeing Mr. Krabs and Mr. Krabs frame is just giant. And I'm like, I'm shooting him. So I'm like, okay, I'm killing him. And he had walked a little closer and I had to my, my pin at 30 yards still. Cause I was like, you know, 30, 32 yards. We're good. And this all happens in like a minute and 30 seconds, like on my camera from like record to like the shot. Yeah. Spoiler. I do shoot at this deer. And, uh, <laughs> so I pull my bow back and I had call myself down for the second time and pull my bow back. And as I pull my bow back, I never tell myself cause I had shot a doe early doe season deer was in frame, pull my bow back, shoot deer was no longer in frame. So I was like, make sure you don't shoot unless the deer's in frame. So another mistake, I pull my bow back before looking at my camera. So in my valley of decision between which deer I'm going to try to shoot, I completely forgot about following Mr. Krabs with the camera. So I pull back, look, he is no longer in frame. So the way my camera is positioned is to the left of me. And I'm like, full draw, deer's not, no idea I'm there. I'm like, I got my back bar. I can just like nudge the handle of my camera on my back bar at full draw and I'll be good to go. So you can hear, you can hear me pull my bow back in the, in the video. And then I go to nudge that and I swing it over. Perfect. Except he had taken a few steps forward. So I had his like belly up. And mm-hmm. what's really cool is right before I swing the camera over, you can see Jake step out like in the very top corner. So I do have both on video. Uh, so I do that and I'm like, I looked and I'm like, oh man, it's not quite there. And I was like, and I thought I had all the time in the world. This deer had no idea it was there. And I'm like, I'm just going to nudge that thing down a little bit. Well, my fluid head was too loose. So I went to nudge it down and that camera just goes Oof, and right down in the middle of my food plot. It doesn't fall off the base or nothing, but it just pivots yep. all the way down. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was a little rattled at that point because I've already done it like two moves. Now you're just just flustered. Yeah, flustered. So then I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to now hit down on the handle of my bow to lift it up. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. So I hit down. Well, I did it way too aggressively, and as soon as my back bar hits that handle, it goes tink like this, this little little tink, and I look, and he's like instantly like, boop, peg me like at 30 yards, peg me hard like instantly. Mm-hmm. So, but not like one of those pegs where he's like he's got me he's just like what the heck was that and he's like there i am this six foot one 250 pound dude hanging off this tree that's you know six 13, inches around 13, six foot, inches yeah, 13 foot yes exactly <laughs> but i was still composed i was like i'm gonna kill him right there so i i'm back i swing over hit my anchor good strings touch my nose i even looked at my bubble on my sight dude like line that thing up because i mean i was at full draw for a little bit you know i was probably on full draw for you know 15 20 seconds 
So I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I was good. And I put it, he was perfectly broadside. I put it right on that, right in that little divot, that little V that he, they got in their leg, you know, cause early season bucks, you can see their bone structure good. And I'm like right there. And I just squeezed her off. And as soon as I squeezed it off, I instantly had regret because he ducked and whirled like, like a freaking nanny doe, you know, and that arrow flew true and just went, he ducked it and he didn't duck straight down. He did the duck. Kind of did the duck appeal. Yeah. Yep. So like he exposed his belly. So like if I would have been probably four inches lower, I would have hit him and the entrance would have been lower than the exit kind of a thing. Yeah. And instantly almost cried and puked at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Throw the camera out. Oh gosh. I was, I punched the tree a little bit maybe. And I just like, and I didn't punch it because I was angry. I was like, almost like laughing. Like I was like, you big dummy, you know, like you just be, but it was like a goal thing, you know, like I'm trying to do something that's evaded me for, you know, eight, nine years. And I first time I've ever had a beautiful food plot that I put in and this deer comes out and I've all my big deer I shoot in the woods you know, or like thick areas. So like, I just completely forgot that it's like shooting a doe in the middle of a hay field. Like them buggers are jumpy, aim low. And I just didn't, I aimed right on and he ducked me bad. And then he just bounded off with that other deer. They never blew. I bet they only ran for 30 yards. Like I heard them boom, boom, boom. And then it was dead calm. So like we talked about earlier, those big deer, man, they don't like to just blow the place up. They just kind of go back and sneak away. Advantage too is, you know, he, like he said, he knew that he knew he heard a noise, but I don't know if he necessarily pegged you. So he didn't know nope. you were up in the tree. And another advantage for you is that's not you're sitting in your saddle. That's not correct. A, that's not a permanent. That's not a permanent set. That's not something you're going to go back to necessarily. Um, you can find a different location for that food plot. So, so yeah, I did everything. It's not right. all. It's not all bad. Nope, right? I did everything right. You know, waited for the right day. Used my history use the wind to my advantage, you know, use the pressure to my advantage, all those things. Um, and did everything right, except for like a couple little things. Like maybe if I would have taken care of that platform at some point now, you know, I, what I do as soon as of course, Friday, that platform came apart. Of course, the wax is like gone. Like those rubber grommets have like dirt in them and stuff like gone. So like, of course I wax thing and now it doesn't make any noise. Like it's right back to being how it was. So that was one mistake. Another mistake was I probably should have brought my little extendable pull saw, you know, which I usually always have with me, like, especially, I mean, I'm, it's a, it's, it's a decent walk. It's almost a half mile walk, but like, what's another like few pounds of that extendable saw. And if I could have just zipped that thing right off, I would have been a little higher, you know, probably had a little better angle on them. Maybe would have shot a little sooner. You know, there's all these little things that compound and then, you know, just something as simple as not accounting for the drop. And I mean, I've shot deer with my bow for a long time. I know they move, you know, and just, yeah, just right. messed it up, you know, and then we, all, we all do. Camera. We, we're just like, stupid camera. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I had tough, Ashley, though, you know, it's like they're broadside. They're fairly close. It's, it's like happy. It thinks like this deer's not going to move that far, but they no. always seem to move that far. <laughs> and when you shoot 60 yards all summer in your backyard, you know, you're shooting this little, I got that little Reinhardt target. It's not a very big target. And I got the Glendale yeah. buck that's laying down at 40 yards. You know, I'm like shooting these targets all maybe. summer. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 
you're you're shooting and all of a sudden you deer like that standing there at 30 yards it looks like it's in your face you know it's so it looks yeah. just so close it just looks giant and you just yeah i just made the small mistake of i didn't remind myself i should have what i need to do is there's like you know i think everyone is a hunter you know you have your checklist kind of in your head like you know pull back anchor you know do that wait for the right shot all these things you do i think when i sit on field edges or food pots from now on aim low aim low aim low not necessarily aim off the deer but just give it you know three or four more inches and you know i think well, that would know, definitely be a good thing say, i think uh i think uh grant dr grant woods is a big advocate of it but he always aims like right at that crease right at the heart you yep. know it's, it's like if the deer ducks you still hit them if you hit if they don't duck and you hit where you're aiming you're still hitting them in the heart so and i did not um, do that i aimed i aimed for the exit you know like i was mm -hmm. like he had his one leg forward and everything and i was like i'm going right there yeah and yeah he just matrixed me but yep. so i mean i'm heart you know heartbroken obviously like this is rough and like yeah it's just a deer but still I was like gosh this is what i i didn't shoot a deer all year last year with my bow i passed last three-year-olds and this moment mm -hmm. came it was almost i mean it, it's it was worth it because now i have you know right. a four-year-old buck i had an opportunity to shoot which is pretty awesome and it's in an area that has a lot of hunters and stuff like that. So feel good about it. But I had Ashley, thank goodness she was hunting. She was able to get to the truck and she drove right to the plot. So all the yeah. deer got spooked out of the area. And then I got down and I walked kind of along the edge of the plot right to the truck. And then I walked, drove the truck down and just walked straight to my Luminoc. I did kill a pretty good sized turnip though. I freaking smoked a turnip. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Big old softball turnip. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And then, uh, so I just grabbed that and I left. And I was like, I'm not coming back here for a while. And I haven't been back. So that was Thursday. And then the next morning at 4 a.m., he was on the other plot going back into where he came from. So that's really good. So I hunted yeah. Saturday morning. So that would have been Friday morning. I had him on the camera. I think it was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday morning. I had my camera and I was like, okay, I had to work and the weather wasn't the greatest, but Saturday morning was looking really good. So then I hunted a spot that I usually, that I actually seen him two other years in a row in, but I don't see him usually there until like end of October. So I was really cautious. I just yeah. kind of slipped in and I hung a spot and I didn't stay there long. The, the wind was great. Like my stuff was getting sucked into this wet spot where the deer never come from. So I felt good about it. And I snuck back out of there. And I think I got another picture of him, like either Saturday night or Sunday night. And the, this is dark um, or early morning, but it's like hard to tell because like my camera's just not in a great spot. So I don't know for sure, but I'm feeling really good about this week. I think this yeah. week I'm going to give another really hard, a hard, you know, sh try at him. Same kind of like I was, I kind of want to go through the weather a little bit right. on that. Obviously we're not sponsored by DeerCast or anything, but you know, well, we have... We have some good days. I mean, you know, there's some of the days they have, say, poor, which mm -hmm. I take that in consideration. But I also look at, like, the average high. And if I'm below that, I get pretty excited. Yeah. I will so, say, you know, I do use that app quite a bit. I mean, what, it's an algorithm that puts everything together for you, right? Just mm -hmm. all the, you know, the variables line up and it makes good for deer hunting. But at the same time, most of us as deer hunters, you know, we kind of have, a feeling that we should be out you know especially chasing you know older bucks like this it's like you and if you have camera intel it's like you kind of know like it doesn't have to be a great day for you to have a great day in deer cast for you to hit the woods you know exactly 
as long as a few of your key variables line up, you should probably be out there. So October 5th, Thursday night is when I shot the deer. And then now tomorrow is the 10th. And if I look at the average high is usually 63 degrees. It's going to be a high of 50 tomorrow. Then it's going to be cloudy. And we have a, a consistent west wind of 10 miles an hour. So this that night I missed that deer was a southwest wind. And I know the deer really like moving there in a west wind. Because last year, October 7th, when those couple of mature deer were out there fighting, was a west wind, it was a cloudy day, and they were fighting. So I'm in that three-day window that I always talk about from like historical data. So I think tomorrow is actually going to be my next play at that deer. And then we kind of go through the week. Um, you know, we're still in the low 60s. Um, but we have like, a, you know, we have west, southwest kind of moving through with some you know, maybe a little bit of rain, but the pressure is not the greatest. You know, you kind of talked about that pressure. I think that's a, I don't really care about the moon as much and stuff like that, but that pressure and that cold front together, that's a deadly combination. So yeah. we're kind of looking Friday. It's, you know, looking kind of good. The pressure's a little higher, but it's a, it's an east wind. And sometimes on those east winds, and what's great is the first east wind in the morning, I usually see a lot of deer. So I might actually play well, a, hooky on friday morning that's a pretty i know a lot of guys talk about a 180 degree wind flip um and that that first east wind of the fall is usually pretty deadly um yep is it you know they're not used to seeing i mean we haven't had an east wind in i don't know how long yeah we had a little there was maybe a little bit of a north northeast a little bit but it wasn't much but this is like due east so right and if your property sets up well for it that gives you a a good advantage or it gives those deer i think a, a feeling that they can move a, a little bit differently and you know mm-hmm. kind of explore new new areas and, and then i think catching deer move beds on that wind which like you're talking they might be in kind of like a little bit of a pattern where they're bedding and stuff because it's been it's not rut yet so all of a sudden they're like they're in their bed and they're like man i don't like this wind or like they can just tell something's off and then I'll catch them deer getting up and moving between bedding areas doing that. So that's going to kind of mm-hmm. be my play for that. So I think to tomorrow night, which would be Tuesday the 10th, I'm going to give it a good shot. And I think I might not go back out until Friday morning. And I just might show up to work right. a little late Friday morning and give it a shot. But obviously, like you said, we're monitoring trail cameras. You know, we're going to be kind of look each day the weather changes. So, I mean, you kind of go with your gut still. But that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. And, you know, it's – I'm not going to lie. I'm usually one of those guys that as soon as my head hits the pillow, I fall asleep and I wake up when my alarm goes off. Yeah. I dreamed about missing that deer. I've dreamed yeah. the last week's been pretty, the last few days have been pretty rough. Uh, I think, I think regardless, you know, man. For, for the both of us, a lot of good takeaways out of, out of last week. So, yeah. Um, and good, and good stuff. To move a lot. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot to look forward to uh, for the rest of the season or, you know, at least even this week. I mean, we both got, deer to go after you know it's the weather is in our favor for at least a day so yep and i promise the camera the camera is going to still be with me i'm still like that's a goal of mine now i did learn so i guess another good takeaway for this people who do cell film film you know you're looking at this little viewfinder when i first was on them like in that viewfinder it looks like i was way too zoomed out like i have like i don't even know what lens i have but i was like max zoomed out on the lens and I can't like it, like a deer really close, it's almost too much. But he was like that 35 yard. And I looked at it, I was like, Oh, I'm too far out. And I had the camera all like set up, good focus and stuff. And I just was like, I'll zoom in a little bit more. Well, as soon as I did that, my focus was off, which I couldn't tell. 
And then my, like, I had to be so on them so well. And it's like, okay, I'm not trying to be Midwest whitetail here. Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to get one on film because I know it's hard and it's a challenge for me and it keeps me kind of hungry. And I would like, like Henry was always like, yeah, that's so cool that you shot, you know, shot a deer. Can I watch it? And it's like, well, I just have GoPro footage or, you know, I don't have that kill shot on there. It's like just being able to like have him see it is really nice. And then like, I've wounded deer and I've wounded deer and I've got on too quick because I'm, you know, think I hit them good or whatever. And just having that yeah, video able footage, to actually see the shot. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's just a really good thing to have. And it's, it's just a challenge. It's like, you know, guys, like it's just a way to challenge yourself. And that's right. my next thing. Like I want to do it. So I think I'm still going to give it a good fair shake. And, you know, now if it does it again, then, we'll, then maybe it'll be a little different, <laughs> but I ain't going to let that camera, you know, I think I'm just going to be, I know that I, if a deer's sub 40 yards, I don't need to be zoomed in anymore. So that's a good thing to know. And, mm -hmm. and make sure you take in consideration how on edge they are when you shoot at them in open space, like even big bucks that look giant and they're just staring at you, they can move quick. So but I know about really good things, but yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you hopping on and doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks You're for kind of a regular now. I mean, this is your third yeah. time. So, I mean, I'm taking I'm advantage of that. Yep, it's and the good excuse stuff. I get to talk about deer hunting, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, we we do this anyways, right? I mean, yeah. we, we talk yeah. and all that. Whatever day. <laughs> whether it's group, group chats or not, Snapchat, you know, whatever. Yep. It's always it's always deer hunting. It's fall, man. I mean, it is. we're in it. And ho hopefully the next one with me and you will be one that's a, a buck in the back of the truck or something. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah. So, But it's hopefully you guys, you know, hopefully you guys take something away from this and enjoy this. I'm going to try to do one of these every week and still have like my normal podcast that's probably going to drop i have a few people on the schedule for that um obviously in november i don't know what that's going to look quite yet because it's a few weeks out so maybe this will just be more of a solo thing or obviously when we go to the bow camp in illinois we're going to do a few podcasts for that to fill in some of that but yeah i'm going to try to do a couple of these for you guys and good luck for everyone else look forward to the next seven days and we're going to be hitting the lull you know the the October lull, but I still I've had great, great hunts in that time, and you've killed some bucks too. So don't be afraid Not to get sure. after it. But enjoy creation, guys. Thank you.